Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Speaking for the Silence podcast on the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions expressed in this episode are mine and mine only. Please enjoy the show. Listening to the third episode of the Speaking for the Silence podcast with your host, Jacqueline Sun. In this episode of Speaking for the Silence, we will conclude the labor trafficking segment and discuss a real-life local story of forced labor. This took place at a Baps Hindu temple in Robbinsville, just a 25-minute drive from where I am now. Baps is a Hindu denomination that is also a volunteer-driven organization with locations all over the world. I actually took a visit to the Baps temple in Robbinsville a couple years ago with my father. My family does not practice Hinduism, but we do have an appreciation for other cultures and beautiful architecture, which this location was full of. This place... I can only describe it as absolutely stunning. The architecture was simply so breathtaking with incredibly intricate details. The temple is made of colored marble imported from other parts of the world, and the marble is filled with carved designs of famous Hindu figures and gods. Even if I do not practice Hinduism, I can tell that all of these little carvings must mean so much to the people who do. I would honestly even recommend looking this place up. That is just how beautiful I think it is. And I actually have a story about it. There was one little room in this temple where you could kind of engage in a bit of a religious ceremony. And basically the priest there pours water into your hands. I didn't know what to do with this water in my hands. And I thought I was supposed to drink it. So as I'm about to drink it, the priest starts making these wild gesturing movements. And I'm like, what is wrong? He starts pointing at this rock with a little carving of a Hindu god. And apparently you were supposed to pour the water on top of that rock and be blessed. And I was about to drink it. You can kind of excuse me because I was 12 or 13 years old, but I don't understand why I would have thought drinking water from a kettle that probably thousands of people have touched is a good idea. Anyway, the temple conducts religious services and also has vendors with authentic food from India. You could almost call it a bit of a cultural hub or haven, and it was actually still under construction at that time and theoretically would still take five or ten years to complete, if not more. What we didn't know was that the beauty and intricacies of this temple were made by labor trafficking. Now I want to talk a little more about the experience of the victims. The fact that labor trafficking was even occurring at this temple was not known until May of 2021, when a lawsuit was filed by six of the workers against the Baptist Temple on behalf of the over 200 supposedly trafficked workers there. These workers were reportedly of the Dalit caste in India, formerly known as the untouchables and the lowest of the castes. The temple exploited this because many of the people who are in the Dalia case are working men and they are in need of jobs or money to support themselves and their family. The temple offered supposedly well-paid manual labor jobs in America and lured the men there. The official suit alleges that the defendants essentially weaponized India's case system, using it to coerce the plaintiffs and other workers to work for substandard pay under abysmal conditions in New Jersey. Some 200 men took the offer and arrived in America through a religious visa, an R1 visa. However, upon their arrival, their passports were reportedly confiscated and they were immediately put to work. The men were subjected to 80 plus hour work weeks. They supposedly labored for more than 12 hours each day. This work wasn't easy either. It was often dangerous and involved construction with large, heavy stone material and machines. One slip up could cause an injury or a fatality. And what did they receive for this work? The men were paid $450 a month, which equates to about $1.20 per hour of work. 
However, only $50 was actually paid in cash to the men, with the other $400 being sent back to their bank accounts in India. Whether this money ever made it to those accounts is another question. Outside of their work hours, the laborers did not fare much better. They were confined to small trailers and limited in their interactions with one another, as well as the visitors who would come to admire their work on the temple, me being one of these visitors. The meals were also supposedly meager and limited. There are even some people saying that the compound that these people were located in was guarded by others who would prevent them from getting out using physical force. They were told that if they spoke about their pay or conditions to anyone, they would be arrested by the police or sent back to India. Their employers also told them that they may even dock their pay even further, from a mere $1.20 to perhaps even sub-dollar wages. Many of the men also could not speak English well or at all, so their primary method of escaping, which was communication, was virtually non-existent. The temple held their identification and passport, so the men also felt compelled to follow their orders or risk their immigration to America and be sent back home. However, they eventually reached a breaking point. This occurred after years of labor on the site. One worker... Moham Lal reportedly fell ill from the harsh conditions and then died, which encouraged the men to take action and file a lawsuit to escape. Since then, the case has garnered statewide and national attention, even appearing in an article of the New York Times. FBI agents intervened on the compound after the suit was filed to confirm the allegations, and investigations are still underway. The temple has denied any allegation and has made no comments. Daniel Warner became the attorney representing these men. He believes that this case of labor trafficking involving over 200 men could be the first of its magnitude in many years. One of the most recent cases on the same scale as this one occurred in 1995 involving Thai workers at a garment factory in California, and this case influenced the passing of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000. Whether or not this case could have the same impact is still a question, because currently, the outcome of the case for the victims of labor trafficking against the Baptist Temple is unknown, but it is reassuring to know that these men have taken the first steps forward in liberating themselves. It is despicable that an organization that prides itself on religious faith and volunteer services has exploited trafficked labor. We can only hope that they will be brought to justice and the workers will be fully compensated for all of their years of labor. However, the lawsuit may not be as clear-cut as it seems. BAPS is a powerful organization with many political connections to wealthy communities. They are even closely associated with the Indian Prime Minister, Narendra Modi. There is a fear that the workers will not succeed in their lawsuit due to the widespread influence of BAPS. Even the township itself, Robbinsville, has taken a passive stance regarding the issue. This may be due to the influence of BAPS or the unwillingness to interfere in federal investigations. However, most importantly, the community should try to support the workers during this time. Several years of backbreaking work in poor, isolated conditions no doubt has a great mental and physical toll on someone. We are lucky enough to have never experienced what they have, but we should continue to speak on behalf of the victims. Thank you.